1: Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives.
0: A lot of people don't realize there's a story behind the good thief. Remember the good thief on the cross? Remember that he rebukes the other criminal hanging there. I'll read it to you from the Bible. We're in Luke chapter 23. Now, one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. And the other, that's Saint Dismas, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation and indeed we have been condemned justly for the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes but this man has done nothing criminal then he said to jesus jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom he replied amen i say to you today you will be with me in paradise that's from luke chapter 23 verses 39 through 43 And we remember the good thief. Like he's obviously, he's a saint. His name is Saint Dismas and Jesus canonized him right then and there. You know, today you will be with me in paradise. But there's a story behind him. And one of the reasons why maybe it's not talked about so much today is because we don't know the source of the story. So it could be, it could be just a legend But I think it's a a real story, and I'll tell you why I think so, and then you can just decide for yourself. I think so, because Pope St. Gregory the Great in 500, and he was around from 540 AD to 604 AD, he preached about St. Dismas, and he gave specifics about St. Dismas. He even said this. He said that Dismas was guilty of blood. He was a murderer. Even his brother's blood, and that's a quote. And so I don't know; we don't know where Pope Gregory the Great got his information, but the Church, up to that point in time, obviously believed this story, and they they took it they took it as truth. And then later in history, we have Saint Anselm, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and he was around in up to 1109 in history. And in a letter he wrote to his sister, he tells a detailed story of St. Dismas. Now, again, we don't know where St. Gregory way back in the sixth century got his information or where St. Anselm got their information. That part we don't have. So I think that's why people are reluctant to, to say that it really happened. But this is the story and you listen and, and see what you think. This is how it goes when mary and joseph were escaping herod and they had the the child the baby jesus so he would have been a child maybe two years old or thereabouts or younger they were escaping to egypt and you know joseph had to leave in the middle of the night like he got up and he went right away think about this when he got up and he went right away he couldn't have joined a protective caravan for traveling because it was spur of the moment they were saving jesus's life they were getting away quickly so they were pretty vulnerable traveling and the king was out to get their son you can imagine saint joseph his responsibility and his fear and he was definitely the man for the job you know saint joseph and think about mother mary now This is an interesting thing to to consider. Here she is. She is the mother of God. Other than Jesus, who's who's God and man, she's the most perfect human being that has ever lived and will ever live. She is the most exalted of all, truly. And yet, she is, without question, obedient to Joseph. He says, Mary, we got to go. She gets up and she goes. She could have thought, well, you know, really, I'm the mother of God here. I mean, shouldn't you run this by me first? I mean, actually, you know, I've had this encounter with the Holy Spirit and I'm the one that that should know these things. No, she trusted God. God put Joseph in her life as the head of the family and she followed him on a dangerous trek. And they went through some dangerous territory on their way. So here they are. They're fleeing Herod. They go through some you know, troubled areas. So Dismas is there and he spies them. They're this threesome alone. They don't have any protection. He's probably sizing up Joseph. I can take him. You know, he probably had some weapons and he targets them and he goes after the holy family. And as the story goes, he gets sight of the Christ child and he's just mesmerized by Jesus. Jesus and he just can't go through with his plans. And what does he end up doing? He ends up actually protecting them. He takes them to his cave and he takes care of them and gets them through this dangerous thief and murder murderer infested area. He gets them through there safely and you know gives them uh, a place to stay for the night and things like that. And during this time, Jesus, who like I said, we don't know his exact age, but he wasn't a little baby infant now he was a toddler probably anyway he had a sense about him like who his mom was you know who his dad was he was not just a little a little inf- uh, newborn anymore he allows Dismas to hold him and it's said that the virgin the virgin mary made a promise to Dismas and she said she assured him that he would be rewarded for his action before his death. And then their story goes on. They escape to Egypt and Dismas just continues his life of crime. Now we see him again at the crucifixion. And the name of the, we'll call him the bad thief, is Gestus. That's his name. Anyway, he's there, they're being crucified. And because Of all of his sin he doesn't recognize Jesus and Mary he doesn't know who they are at all but Mary recognizes him or so the story goes and when she's praying at the foot of the cross she's also praying for him and so in a moment of grace he recognizes who Jesus is and that's why he has the wherewithal to ask Jesus to remember him when Jesus comes into his kingdom. Who else knew Jesus was coming into a kingdom? Did the apostles know? No. The Virgin Mary knew, but who else? No one else understood that. Not at that point yet. And yet, Dismas, hanging on a cross, he understands it because he's asking for it. So that's a miracle in itself. How did he get that awareness? Well, we know that Mary is keeping her promise and we know her as the dispenser of all graces, right? So she's dispensing grace through the Holy Spirit. So Dismas has this awareness of who Jesus is. And so he asks him that, and then he gets his wonderful answer that he will be with Jesus this day in paradise. And that is how Mary fulfilled her promise. So St. Dismas, the good thief, he's considered the patron saint of those who are condemned to death. And this is very interesting. Those engaged in dishonest business who would like to make restitution before they die, but don't know how. That's, That's a mouthful. But think about it. So many people do. Sometimes they're in a pattern a way of life culturally, their family or money monetarily, they're stuck and they're stuck in, you know, dishonest dealings and they would like not to be there, but there's not an easy way out. If you know such a person, St. Dismas would be your go-to saint on behalf of that person. He's also the patron saint of great sinners and prodigal sons and daughters. And for those near despair because of ear. resolvable situations and also for souls that are not sorry and they're close to death. (laughs) He's the go-to guy. Interesting. I think his story, this story is so sweet. And like I say, you know, maybe it didn't happen, but I'm in good company and believing it did because St. Gregory the Great thought so way back in the sixth century. And so did St. Anselm, the Archbishop of Canterbury in the in the early 12th century. Think about St. Dismas. He probably had a Jewish mother. Was she alive? Had she died? What was the situation? We don't know. But we can well imagine her torment that her son had taken this path in life. And think about that. There's so many mothers and fathers who have children who've gone astray and Mary prayed for Dismas and look what happened. So we should remember that especially when our children go astray and they do that Mary is really the go-to gal for that. She proves it was St. Dismas and then also St. Dismas himself. I want to remind you of a story and I know I've told it to you before, but Saint Therese of Lisieux was praying for a convicted killer, and her saint, the saint she petitioned to pray for the killer, was Saint Dismas. And as this, and as we historically, you know, we verified this at the moment before he was executed at the guillotine, he was repentant. He turned at that last, not even the eleventh hour, the last minute. He turned and partially because of of what she did praying for him, but she solicited heaven and we can't forget to solicit heaven when we pray for other people. There's an idea, you know, as far as praying for other people and we can think about it with St. Dismiss or all the saints, but also consider those they're not saints yet destined to be saints, our suffering church, the souls in purgatory. Think about them. And this is an idea. If you have a particular person that you're petitioning for and you're praying for, you can go ask the Lord to show you, to connect you with a soul in purgatory or ask your guardian angel, connect me with a soul in purgatory who has the same problem or the same issue as the person I'm praying for. Maybe it's a son or daughter, okay? Maybe they've got an addiction Uh, to drugs or they're in jail or whatever the situation is connect me with a soul and then go to work praying for that soul offering sacrifices for that soul having masses said for that soul pray that soul right into heaven and when they are there well while they're still in purgatory too but when they're in heaven and they're before the face of god they will pray. You'll have a prayer warrior in heaven on behalf of the person that you were that you were praying for. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. We should never ever lose hope for a soul, even when it looks bad. Saint John Vianney, he was in France in the late 1800s and the in the early 1900s, and one of his parishioners, her husband, killed himself. He jumped off a bridge into the water you know and he was drowned and he killed himself and she was tormented she worried for his soul and what saint john vianney said to her was quote i'm quoting him now quote between the bridge and the water there was god unquote in other words Never despair for the loss of the soul. Be diligent, always praying, always offering sacrifices, even when you think all is lost. And remember that we can trust God. He's outside of time. Pray. Your prayers are efficacious even for past events. Pray. Don't limit God. Pray and trust Him. It has been my privilege to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Pray with me now, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you.
1: You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, produced at the studios of Mater Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materderadio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org.